gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 6 for Friday, January 17th, 2013. As you've noticed, this is a strange week of recording for us. We've got a lot going on. Patches is at Sundance. Without him, we all fall apart entirely. So in addition to today's review of Her, we're ta- we're having an Oscar special. As we record this, the Oscar nominations were announced. And we brought with us Chris Rosen of the Huffington Post, who is ready to talk about Oscars and Oprah any time of day, as I, as I understand it. That's how you work now? Yes, everything I am is because of Oprah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't really want to talk that much about Oprah because I don't think there's much to say. But Chris, how are you doing today? How like I'm you okay. and Gail King are probably the most upset today. I'd say yeah, I'm more probably more upset than Stedman at this point. <laughs> I kind of can't believe that she didn't get nominated, but you know, the Oscars and in their infinite wisdom decided not to nominate the Queen of uh, you know, <laughs> someone. Earth, so. I can't remember who it was. Uh, some brilliant, insightful person on Twitter joke this morning of lee daniels the man who watches the oscar from home it was hilarious (laughs) at the time i'm sure i (laughs) mean oprah oprah still has her humanitarian oscar so she can uh she can put that on her mantle whenever she wants um what's a humanitarian award compared to an oscar it's 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 the same thing (laughs) doesn't it look like an oscar yeah it's just like a little gold Totally well, what's funny is that the Emmy is by far the prettiest of the awards when it comes to the actual trophy, but totally. certainly a neck and neck with the Grammy is the most useless. What does a Grammy look like? A, a Grammy is a gramophone, um, oh, but uh, yeah. it's also much like a daytime Emmy uh, an award that, like, you know. Everyone uh, has. Yeah. <laughs> I have six <laughs> Grammys. I don't even know where they came from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come over to your house and steal Just your get them in the mail. play them in my, <laughs> my own house. Um, I want to, I guess we need to organize this discussion in some way because there's a lot of different directions to go. So maybe I will start by talking to about what I think, at least for critics, was like the big shocker of the morning. Even if, if you follow what Oscars like, it wasn't that big a surprise. Inside Lewin Davis was not shut out, but it kind of effectively was with just two nominations. Although one of them was for its This, this is what Lewin Davis would have wanted. This is, well, uh, I think this is how it was always going to go. And do you think he just like stood in the room and screamed, I fucking hate movies and then got thrown out of <laughs> no, the award ceremony? About it. It's part of his mythos, you know, it just adds to his, uh, <laughs> his allure. He, he, he is the guy, uh, well, I was going to say something about the last scene of Inside Lewin Davis, so, but I won't. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that this is, uh, this is, this is appropriate in some way. I mean, the fact that the, a serious man got nominated for Best Picture kind of made me think that this one had a chance. But, I mean, Chris, were you surprised by this? Not at all, honestly. I mean, like, it had no, like, we all loved it, basically. But, like, no one was talking about it, I don't think, as a serious Oscar movie. It didn't have, like, not even the WGA gave them a nomination for Best Original Screenplay, which I thought was, like, that was the death knell right there. It's like, okay, Mr. Producers Guild nod. Yeah, the SAG Awards didn't nominate it, but it's like clearly the screenplay should have gotten nominated, especially over Dallas Buyers Club, which I don't even like that movie. But I would say even if you did like that movie, you probably – I would think you would agree that the script is probably the worst part of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was nominated you know, for a WGA award and then subsequent Oscar. 
so I don't know. I just... So bad that something Jared oh. Leto involved is involved with Jared Leto is not the worst part. I mean, that's <laughs> wow. Uh, it's impressive. Although I do uh, speaking of Inside Llewyn Davis, I think the most interesting thing about its snubs is how across the board they were because there's so many strong elements of Inside Llewyn Davis, and they were just unilaterally dismissed. I mean, Except no, for sound mixing, yeah, which admittedly I mean, was one of the very, no, very strong elements. There's no acting nom. For Oscar or Isaac, there's no screenplay nom, as Chris said. There's no directing nom or, or uh, um, you know, Bruno, Bruno Del Bonnell got nominated for cinematography, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank God. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's so many areas um, where it could have been nominated and wasn't. It was, it was like a, a coordinated attack. Yeah. I feel like there's a part of me that could be really outraged that Inside Lewin Davis didn't get a Best Picture nomination, but Philomena did. But I have a hard time. What is Philomena? <laughs> Philomena is, is, is formerly known as Philomania. It's a disease that you get from a Weinstein <laughs> company screeners. David, have you not seen Philomena? I have not even seen of <laughs> Philomena. I mean, like, I, I could not tell you what this movie's about. I think Judy Dench plays a nun. I know my dad liked it. Uh, <laughs> it's good. It's actually good. It's not. I mean, like, you can name five movies that are better oh, than of it. Course. Should be nominated for Best but Picture, like, right? Yeah, of course. But, but it's not bad. I mean, like, and also it's completely down the middle, old-time old time Oscar voter, like, catnip. It's like, the Weinstein such... win of the year. This yeah, is what he yeah, was. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I mean, but I think that that, I think the conversation will continue drifting back to this one point, which is that I think these uh, rules of having up to 10 Best Picture nominees completely cheapens uh, the entire awards process. Uh, I think, you know, it, it, it is such a catch-all now where movies like, you know, Philomena um, and Her, which, you know, I know a lot of people like but would probably not have been nominated if there were only five nominees. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club, these movies get nominated. And it's just like a grab bag of things. And it makes the uh, – it, it cheapens the best picture race. Uh, well, don't, don't forget that The Reader was nominated for Best Picture when there were still only five. Well, I mean, like, random crap the gets in there all the time. Most Best Picture are terrible, let alone the ones <laughs> that are nominated. I'm just saying that it even – it just it, – it lessens the fun of the buildup even, let alone the actual winners. Plus it also lessens the amount of outrage. I mean like especially <laughs> this year like you're like okay we were all upset about Inside Lewin Davis but no one was none of the best pictures snubs. I mean I know people all of a sudden don't like that word. I saw like you know people on Twitter like being like you're not snubs and sending links around to like Miriam Webster but like who gives a shit? It's <laughs> what like snub. <laughs> it's just like it's snub like it's a snub but whatever. I mean like you know even like this year, like Best Picture, like none of these movies that didn't make it, like, are we really going to be that upset that like you know Saving Mr. Banks or The Butler weren't nominated for Best Picture? Whereas like acting this year was so deep, you almost could argue that like it would have been nice to have like ten acting nominees. Like yeah. Best Actor could have had ten nominees easily this year. Yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, like I don't the know, even categories still come from David O. Russell movies. <laughs> Even they would have been, they would have been like retroactively nominated Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Elizabeth Rome <sighs> and her wig. Even something like Best Supporting Actress, which is I think the thinnest category of them all. Like Octavia Spencer didn't make it in for Fruitvale Station, which is a, I mean I liked Fruitvale Station mm -hmm. fine. David, I know you hated it, but like I didn't think that performance was much of anything. Like they managed to kind of balance that out. So there's nothing. I mean, I mean am I forgetting something? An acting nomination that's super egregious. I don't think so. I mean, uh, the the weakest links, I would say, and you could put that in quotes, would be like 
Meryl Streep. Oh yeah, right for August Osei uh, County. I still argue that she's pretty good in that. She's I was... good in it, right? I would agree that. And like even like you know, best supporting actress. Okay, Oprah might have been the weak link there, but like there's really no one there. I mean, Sally Hawkins is actually great in Blue Jasmine, and that was a real nice surprise. Yeah, that she got nominated. Best actor, I guess Christian Bale. I thought he was great. I didn't actually think he would get nominated just because the rest of the performance in that movie are so hilariously over the top that like. His was kind of the normal one, in, in air even quotes. though he was he had like a you know. Over so it's like I don't know. I, I don't actually. There was no like you know ridiculous nomination. That's why I kind of almost feel like these were a little maybe boring today. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it was just like nothing. There really was shocking. I mean, Emma Thompson would have been nice because she's Emma Thompson. It would have made for a better show that she was there, and they could have cut to her reaction shots. But like, I'm kind of ma- I kind of am worried that Emma Thompson is going to be like, well, did all this work to get this Oscar nomination. Didn't happen. Fuck you. I'm leaving. I'm not making I don't think Emma Thompson like cares. I, I, I don't know. She must be exhausted at this point. And, like, she has she clearly has a hard time getting offered parts that are actually worthy of her. Meryl Streep is clearly stealing all the good ones. And I don't know. If I were her, I'd probably be fed up with Hollywood, too. Well, yeah, but I don't think that it's uh, – I don't think that the lack of Oscar recognition is going to affect her one way or the other. I think she's still going to be fed up with Hollywood. She's still going to be upset that there aren't all that many good parts for women her age and that her good friend Meryl Streep keeps stealing all of them. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think it, that simply not being nominated for another statue is going to send her running for the hills if she wasn't going to be there already. She can join the Cohen brothers in not really giving a shit about Donald Trump. <laughs> no, no one else that I saw uh, in person this year at whatever events I was at, not many, uh, seemed to be having half as much fun as Emma Thompson. Oh, so. yeah. You were at the uh, National Board of Review where Meryl, she and Meryl Streep gave those great speeches. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so she, she seemed like she was having a good time. Yeah. Um, all right. Where, so if we, Chris, you said there's no outrage from this morning. Was there anything that kind of got under your skin at all? Not really. Honestly, I was pretty pleased. Also, all the movies I liked were nominated. So it's like, <laughs> actually, if you think about it, like this year was a great year for movies. And outside of like Inside Lewin Davis and like Before Midnight, you know, most which of the great. Which did get a screenplay nomination. Which did get a screenplay nomination. It's like uh, can most we talk about how ridiculous nominated. that screenplay nomination is? Though? I mean, not the quality of the film by any stretch of the imagination, but. The fact that it's adapted. Yeah, what? What? <laughs> like, I just, yeah. Is, are they ever going to clarify that beyond like, oh, we made a clerical error once because we someone thought that it made sense that any sequel, because it's based on a pre-existing movie, must uh, therefore be adapted, which is clearly, you know, historically there's no precedent for that. Uh, and they just yeah, stuck to weird. it. It makes no sense. Yeah, but it got nominated. Just uh, Yeah, that's, favorite, good. Your, we, that's a good one. We David, when that. was the last time your favorite movie of the year got nominated for an Oscar? I think it happens a lot. I mean, oh really? I feel I like mean, it's always it, I, like a Coriata <coughs> movie that never gets released. In the well, States. I feel like my favorite movie of the year, when it happens to be in the English language, tends to get like a screenplay <laughs> nomination. <laughs> All right, that's a, but, that's a pretty uh, fair bet. Uh, that's pretty much what happens. But in a year where it's like Holy Motors or something, you know, there's uh, oh yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, then you can be happy about that. I'm kind of mad about Tom Hanks. I feel yeah. like he was really amazing in Captain Phillips. And I mean, I mean, Chris, I know you're an American hustle partisan, so maybe we can fight about that later. But there's just something about what Hanks did in, in Captain Phillips. And he hasn't been nominated for anything in like 15 years. And I mean, I don't know that there's anything I would have said he had to be nominated for, but I'm kind of frustrated by that. Like, why aren't we loving Tom Hanks enough? I kind of get the feeling that the Captain Phillips was like one of those movies and I, I really loved it, and I thought, obviously, I definitely agree with you. I thought Tom Hanks was incredible. I, that was a 
surprise, but at the same time, like we said, that category is so crowded, it's like, or, like it's hard to count it as a huge surprise because someone was going to have to not get nominated. But I don't know. I think that was a movie that everyone just really liked and didn't love. And, you know, Tom Hanks' performance maybe was like three or four on a lot of ballots. Yeah. And like that doesn't get you nominated, you know, even, like because people were like probably went wild for Bruce Dern and went wild for Leo and went wild even for Christian Bale, as it turns out. And like Tom Hanks, who just did a great job, was kind of like, that's a great performance that we just didn't have enough passion behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Bruce Dern really, I think he's terrific in Nebraska, but he, he definitely worked the campaign trail. Oh yeah. Um, and Tom Hanks. I just uh, saw him out on the street. I, he was, uh, he was still talking. Oh, yeah. still campaign. <laughs> I believe it. He may not know where he is right now, but, uh, um, but Tom Hanks clearly didn't. And as we saw this year, uh, most egregiously in the best original song category, Oh campaigning uh, that's my favorite story really this entire matters. Oscar season. Uh, I think this is the the most uh, the most significant you know scandalous story in recent memory when it comes to Oscar nominations. Um, this uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this song uh, called Alone, Alone Yet, Yet Not, not Alone. Alone from a movie called Alone Yet Not Alone, uh, which is an evangelical. It's a it's a movie. That is, or was, sort of exclusively marketed to nobody. None of us had heard of certainly. It was exclusively marketed to the evangelical Christian audience. It proudly boasts people like Rick Santorum and the guy who founded Focus on the Family and was kicked out for being too much of a whack job. You know, this anti-gay <laughs> militant, terrible human being. Uh, these are the, the people that this movie. Uh, loves and, is, and has endorsing it, etc. And this movie was nominated for best original song over uh, a song, several songs that you would think uh, would be much more likely to be nominated, and, and several great songs like Lana Del Rey's "Young and Beautiful," which I still think should have won, let alone you know, not be. I thought that was going to bring uh, brought up. Yeah, I mean that's it's <laughs> that's a it's infinitely better than the moon song whatever let it go is awful happy awful oh, awful you're horrible uh, but, uh, yeah you're anyway, so wrong on that anyway no no uh anyway so what happened is that this guy bruce broughton broughton uh who if uh he's definitely has a lot of credits as a composer that you will recognize if you wikipedia or imdb him uh was actually the chair of the music uh, branch of the academy for nine years or so from 2002 to 2012 that'd be 10 but somewhere around there anyway um and made uh, apparently a lot of phone calls a lot of personal phone calls to the small group of people in the music branch and said hey remember me i wrote the song listen to it <laughs> uh the song is is watching the video that promotes the song that's on youtube it, it's so like uh speaking in tongues over the top uh, religious that it's hard to imagine it not immediately turning off anyone who does not have a fundamentalist Christian streak in them. And yet, whatever glad handing was done, this movie, uh, which never hasn't actually been properly released, it will not be released uh, properly until uh, March or April, or whatever. And even then, will probably only appear in the South. Uh, got an, a nomination, and it is insane. And I would hope that if they perform it at the Oscars that there are loud armed white level boos and catcalls <laughs> and garbage men because uh, this is really repulsive. Wow. I, now I'm really rooting for that. I mean, I would say that's an interesting thing, though. Do you think they'll actually let them perform it at the Oscars? Because no, sometimes they don't actually do all the songs. It seems like this year it would be a no-brainer because Let It Go is such a phenomenal song and David's so wrong. <laughs> and it's also like a humongous hit. 
So like they would obviously want that at the Oscars and like, you know, and, and the Ellen DeGeneres song, dancing to happy, right. And happy with Pharrell Williams. It's like, okay, that's a no brainer. And then maybe they'll let Scarlett Johansson actually sing the moon song, you know, if they wanted, even though I know it's the Karen O version, but whatever. And then are they going to have Alone Yet Not Alone up there? Have they done that? <laughs> it's going to be like it's going to be like Inside Lewin Davis when the lady but goes not up. Not had other ones. I feel like at least they've given like shorter shrift to some of them. I don't know. I mean, That's... last year was weird because remember they did Lay Miz and they just did Lay Miz, but they didn't do like. The Scarlett Johansson song from Chasing Ice was nominated, but they didn't even perform that. Oh, that's right. I've been, but they did Skyfall, obviously. But they did Skyfall, and they did Suddenly from Les Mis, because it was yeah. part of the Les Mis medley. So oh, it's like, I, I they can they pick and choose, but... It's more like less the producers deciding and more like an open invitation. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But it would, it would certainly... Uh, I would be disappointed, I think, if they had two or three of these nominated songs performed and not alone, alone not yet alone. Because you well, you do kind of have to yeah, exactly. fucking face the fire. Yeah, <laughs> like you made this happen. You have to face the viewers of the world. What do they always say? A billion people are watching this worldwide. Like You have to show them all this shit. Aye, aye, aye. So I, wanna, I don't want to talk too much about like what's going to win things, but I am still super intrigued by this best actor race because it is so crazy. Chris, I imagine you've given some thought to this at some point today. Do you think you know who's going to win now based on who actually got in? I do, actually. I'm sure I'll be wrong. But I think <laughs> I think Matthew McConaughey is 100% going to win. I think mm. – and I will feel way more confident about that after, like, the SAGs and stuff yeah. this weekend. But I just have a hard time thinking that he won't win. I think Bruce Dern's entire goal was to get nominated. I think he kind of, like, stole Robert Redford's thunder completely and grabbed that spot. But if you look back at, like, Oscar history – oftentimes that older actor won't win. I mean, I know like Art Carney's obviously like the famous one, but like, like a lot of times they don't necessarily win. And like the nomination is the reward. Yeah. So I think like you're going to end up with McConaughey. And if we assume that like Christian Bale is not, has no shot, which I kind of feel like he doesn't. He like just won. There's no way. He just won. And like, he was barely, I feel like he barely would have got in. I mean, I know they don't release like, so it's like you got him and Dern and then you have, McConaughey, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is another one, like, in Tom Hanks' category, where it's, like, that is a loved performance, but not, like, incredibly loved. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think people are going to put him at the top of their ballot. So I think it's, like, really, And I think honestly, everyone feels like Chiwetel Ejiofor will be in there again. Like, right. Which is probably wrong-headed, given how few roles like that go to black exactly. actors most of the time. But I think so that's I kinda, probably going to be the assumption. I kind of think it'll end up being between, like, Leo and Matthew McConaughey, and I have a hard, very, very difficult time believing that Leonardo DiCaprio win Best Actor for playing just a total scumbag against Matthew McConaughey playing, you know, a scumbag who reforms himself and, like, crusades against the horrible FDA and, you know, helps, you know, the AIDS virus. I just feel like that's such, like, an obvious win. And it's kind of one of those things where we'll look back. If you you kind of, like, step back from the whole thing, it's like, of course Matthew McConaughey is going to win for playing that role. He lost 50 pounds. He, you know, he plays an AIDS patient. He dies. It's just, like... The whole thing, it's just an incredible, like, potpourri of Oscar, you know, bells and whistles should be going. Yeah, you know what I mean? The, it's just the like... worst part of this is that I think everything Chris is saying is, is completely spot on. Uh, I think I think <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club is a pretty risible movie. And I think Matthew McConaughey, who deserves, you know, all the praise in the world for his 
career revitalization. I think that the real trick is that he convinced us all for so long that he couldn't act. That this may have been premeditated. I don't know. But um, I think – He it, made a lot of money convincing us he couldn't act. <laughs> right. No, I mean he was doing fine for himself. But I think that obviously uh, years of setting the bar so low has made it easy for him to be loved for what he's done recently. Uh, and you know, I, I don't have any problem with him personally winning. I think that this is his least deserving performance that has all those – you know, traditional. No, Sahara was less deserving. No, no, I, of his uh, <laughs> starting with his reinvention. I mean, not not <laughs> okay. if his career. Um, but uh, you know, it has all those check marks, as as Chris was saying, for Academy wins, and uh, I think it's really going to be a shame uh, another strike against the Academy historically that Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, won't win when. It... So he would be your pick, not Leonardo, not Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, I mean, I th- obviously. The, it's silly to even compare. They could not be more diametrically opposed performances. Sure. Sure. Um, it's uh, yeah, but uh, I think that I I would really like to see Chibatel win. Um, but it's it's one and one a with him and Leonardo DiCaprio as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and Bruce Stern is really not even a lead. I mean, it's 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 a supporting role, I'd say, or at best, sort of half of uh, the the two-man duo between him and Will right. Forte. And Christian Bale is just a joke being in there, even though he is very good in American Hustle, uh, by far the best part of that movie. The other but, thing with McConaughey, I feel like, is that he's got he's like Ben Affleck 2014. You know what I mean? Like, he is the comeback narrative, too. So he's got, like, a million narratives going for him at this point. Like, you know, and I, I just think he is, you know, Leo, they're not going to give it to because it's Leo, and he could just, you know, they take Leo for granted anyway, I think. I'm really worried back. that we're just going to like have to give Leo the Oscar for his color of money in 40 years. Like it's just going mm-hmm. at this rate. Yeah, I definitely think that's going to happen. It'll be for some horrible film. But I mean, let's be honest though. I I think it's really funny that everyone thinks that the Academy Awards hates Leonardo DiCaprio. They nominate he, him all the time. They nominate him all the time, including for Blood Diamond, which is horrible. Like that movie <laughs> is just straight up bad, and he got nominated for that. And I just think that's the funniest thing when I'm when I read things that it's like, oh man, the Oscars hate Leo. But he's what's just, funny yeah, is that he doesn't like, get in there. The bl- like, Blood, Blood Diamond, Diamond aside, Blood Diamond is terrible. <laughs> it's so boring. It's an Ed Swick movie. I don't know what he was thinking, but uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio is not at least everything that he's shown us thus far. What's so impressive about him is that he's not going to do some shitty movie that has this ridiculously over-the-top performance that earns him an Oscar late in his career. Uh, all the evidence no. would suggest that he is just going to keep crushing it, doing projects that he loves and believes in, and is going to have a strong authorial you know, involvement with. And, uh, and I think that you know, it may be a lifetime uh, achievement award for him. If uh, David and, and dating be, supermodels is expensive, yeah, no, you seriously. don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> it'll be uh, to cinema's great gain if he continues on at this pace. Because uh, I mean, that guy is amazing. I was just rewatch. I, I saw Shutter Island in theaters, and I was whatever on it, and I just rewatched it again. And it, that is an incredible movie that I completely undervalued uh, when I first saw it. And he is so good in it, and his performance is so different from uh, what it was in. Uh, certainly in this and, and uh, catch me if you can and the part he's wonderful just the best just that's, uh, that's interesting you make me want to watch Shutter Island again I was just I've been watching True Detective and marveling at McConaughey and he's I feel so like I'm just good on that I'm just gonna look back and just pretend that McConaughey's Oscar came from Magic Mike or mm-hmm. Killer Joe yeah. or something and just I mean and that's gonna be pretty easy to do because Dallas Buyers Club as a movie will be basically forgotten although it got like an editing nomination yeah I think like, it's actually a really strong nominee. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, they really liked it. They nominated it all over the place. 
it's not a my favorite movie by any stretch, but clearly they're really into it. I'm surprised Jennifer Garner didn't sneak. I into really the actually thought actress. she was going to. Yeah, didn't you predict that? Yeah, I had her. In, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't actually <laughs> predict it because I couldn't go there because she's so bad in it. But <laughs> I was really like, bad really, like it. it kind of felt like Jackie Weaver style last year for Silver Linings, where it's like. God, I love Jackie Weaver, but she's in that movie for five minutes and she's making food the whole time. And she got a supporting actress nomination. The yeah, it's like I kind of thought like, they were going to do that with Garner, but the, thankfully they didn't. Well, her performance is, is you know solo. Jackie Weaver was weird, but I mean, her Jackie Weaver's performance is a little bit more, uh, more of a caricature. The supporting role Oscars are always for such over the top hammy performances. It's like which which like <coughs> smaller part in a movie came in and hammed it up and was like and that's what what wins i mean sally hawkins came out of nowhere as well but jennifer lawrence a total ham uh lupita nyong'o obviously not a ham but gets all of the sort of emotional fulcrum scenes of the movie june squib over the top julia roberts over the top bradley cooper is just ridiculous jonah hill jonah hill (laughs) is much more pivotal to the movie's success than uh someone like sally hawkins is to blue jasmine but two-time nominee jonah hill david reckon that is like scum of the earth not in this movie as a transgender person but just in general as a he himself and you're gonna uh, get accused jared leto's gonna call you he's gonna call you off on the phone jared leto all my only argument is 30 seconds to mars that gift video that i've seen like 12 times unless you can tell me that i dreamed all that this is a one-sided fight all right You leave Michael Fassbender out of this. Oh, He's amazing. Michael Fassbender is phenomenal in 12 Years of Slave. He needs I, – I mean, I know – And Opti is so good. He was the first nomination announced today, and I was just so happy right for him, right off the bat for Yeah, him. that was really exciting. He's like that – I'm the captain now line is – I mean, Tina Fey said it at the Golden Globes. It's become a thing. Who would have guessed? He's really good in it. I mean, like, I thought that was a very nice nomination. He actually seems really excited about it too, which is obviously nice. And yeah. As he should be. You now were, what does he do though? Well, that's going to be. I saw. I think Anthony Bresnikin or somebody was tweeting about that. Like the next, like now that the now that like Barkat Abdi and Lupita Nyong'o are like stars, you know, what does Hollywood? What kind of roles do they actually get? I think Lupita is going to be fine. Barkad, uh, I think, you know, just as far as Hollywood looks at him, just sees a, a little bit too much inherent exoticism in him uh i would hope that would not carry over to culture in general but i think as far as the movies go at least in commercial american cinema i think he uh will have a more difficult time but certainly if he if the opportunity strikes i think he'll be he'll be okay but it's it's gonna be interesting to watch yeah lupita i think we're gonna see everywhere i'm kind of really psyched to see like can she be funny like what does she do i, I assume she's got all the talent in the she's world like a she young Yale. beautiful woman who can act well she'll be fine yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> i know i'm just very curious to see like you know when you get famous when nobody knows who you are and you get famous for playing this tragic character and you're black which makes everyone automatically want to you know makes it harder to cast you because hollywood's dumb i'm very intrigued to see where she'll wind up you guys not to get more onto winners but you do you think that she will win or Jennifer Lawrence will win? I'm really terrified Jennifer Lawrence is going to win. Yeah, I think uh, that's – yeah. And, and yeah, I think uh, I'm very scared that Jennifer Lawrence will win. I'm, re- I'm like scared on her behalf. Like I don't think she needs to win. She's like, it's like the bad thing to happen to her. Yeah, right? I, kinda, I mean I want to – I think that could go either way. I, I think that Lupita might win, but it's that is – I feel like that is the toughest race right now, like between the two of them. I don't – I think either one of them could win, and I think that if Jennifer Lawrence wins, that might that would kickstart the backlash a little more for her. 
Well, I think I it'll know. be really interesting on the night itself, given how early in the show the supporting actress – I think it's the first award, right? Is it, is it, it often is, often, yeah. It changes, I guess. But um, – but if they do that early, which they may not, if it's a particularly heated race, I don't know what they what the process is. But uh, no, they actually, if, if it's Jennifer Lawrence, they want to save it for later. Yeah, I mean, but if uh, well, they don't, you know, if, if whoever wins that award it could be very telling as to they always say that editing is the tip off, but supporting actress, uh, and I think there's a very real chance that American Hustle. Which blows my mind. I mean, like sometimes you just get a read on a movie that is that is wrong. Um, like I saw American Hustle, and I went back, and I the first person I saw was Mr. Chris Rosen's fiance, and she was like, "How was it?" And I was like, uh, "It was very strange and inaccessible, and I think that it's going to be a much more difficult for America to connect to than something like the Silver Linings Playbook." And uh, while I still I would say that again. Uh, obviously, I have been proven wrong. David Ehrlich knows nothing about America. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I... You were I, hustled, David, I by America. By, but, you know, if you... Uh, people love high school musicals, so, I don't, you know... Oh, come on. I don't know. He's such a dick. <laughs> what, I mean, David Russell has set this very strange record of having back-to-back movies with all In, four acting nominated. That has never happened before. I don't... Is he the first director to ever do that twice? I think he might be. I think he might be, too. I was looking at the list, and I was, you know quickly off the top of my head i think he is yeah it used used to be a lot more common and then it stopped happening for a long time and now he's done it twice it is that's although when it comes to stats like keep them meaningful like i i I love megan ellison and everything she's doing even if i wasn't over the moon about uh the movies that she put out for her oscar season i still think that she is this incredible force for good and needs to keep on doing what she's doing but it means nothing that she is the first female producer to two best picture nominees in the same year there have been uh, 10 nominees nine nominees you know the past few years and this year uh, rather than five in previous years so i mean it, it really that is uh it's like keep the stats meaningful you want to talk about oscars so you're blue in the face fine but, <laughs> but like come on <laughs> You know, David, the fact that we've gotten you talking about Oscars this long without you totally writing off the Well, hey, let's really quickly talk victory. about the interesting categories like foreign language film. And yeah, just... I want to get – I mean I have seen I think zero. Oh, no, I've seen The Great Beauty. That's the only uh, foreign language nominee well, I've seen. Can you guys, you guys can confirm about? for me. You would be the people to know. Uh, I know it's true for all the other categories, but is it also true for foreign language film that they have to have qualifying runs in New York and L.A.? Or is it New York or L.A.? Or... I don't think so. No. I think it's based on what the countries themselves submit. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, okay, I know that. But it's like, so I, I was wondering if they had out. to – once the country submitted them, whatever, if they had to have a, a week uh, by the end of the calendar year. I don't think so, but I don't Okay, well, know. Omar yeah. is not – I don't remember if Omar screened. I know it's coming up uh, in February, and they must be very excited. Yeah, I actually uh, got an email about that. Yeah, um, and the, the missing picture, which uh, I've been hearing about since Cannes of last year. Um, Omar, I, Omar's, I, I hear good things, but I hear good things from the likes of like Jeffrey Wells. I've yet to hear someone <laughs> who, with a respectable opinion, really go to bat for it. So. But I know a lot of people haven't seen it, so uh, and what its festival presence was like. The Hunt was fine. I think The Hunt has a really good chance to win because it's very gripping. Um, it, it is a drama that you can, no matter how foreign it, it might be to you, or this Danish film with, with Mads Mikkelsen, who's a recognizable movie star, at least in some circles, about somebody who's falsely accused of uh, sexually molesting a child. Uh, you sort of understand the law and order territory right from the beginning. There's no 
chance of voters getting lost. Um, it's it's very emotionally lucid. Whereas The Great Beauty, which is sort of like this modern riff on La Dolce Vita, is a wonderful film. Uh, I think it's really a win for it to get nominated. And The Broken Circle Breakdown, I think I would actually would be my guess is what's going to win because it's it's got great music. It's a super uh, fun and moving to a point love story that sort of botches the ending, but has so much so so many winning things going for it that I think. Uh, who knows? But I think that could win. I'm historically terrible predicting these things. <laughs> I got some catching up to do. And animated. Know. Yeah, Miyazaki, too many. boy. Too many. Too many the crudes, come on. But you, as in you mean anything other than the win, right? There should be one nominated. nominee. <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> Frozen is going to win. You uh, know that, right? Fucking hell. Uh, I mean, Frozen's going to be a two-time Oscar winner. Listen, listen. <laughs> the, uh, let I, it go and animated. Piece. You're, you're, yep. I'm. 99% sure you're right. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, it, 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 the blow is softened by the fact that Hayao Miyazaki won the Oscar for Spirited Away. He did. Uh, and so it's not, you know, they, they've, they've crossed that box uh, before, but, um, oh man, that's, it's, it'll be, it'll be great to see the movie even nominated, but. Despicable Me too, very cute. Ernest and Celestine, I need to see. But The Crew, come on. One nominee, The Wind Rises. The Crew's, though, I feel like was, you know, that's kind of like one of those where it was thrown. I mean, I, don't, I cannot tell you how many emails I got about The Crew. Oh, so my God. You, and know I got, you know how many screeners, got in the mail you know how many screeners I got for The Crew? I have like three screeners of The Crew. <laughs> I don't even vote for anything, and I got three screeners. So I can only imagine what Oscar voters got. They might have got an actual crude, whatever it is. <laughs> I, I don't even know what it is. Are they candy people? in my house right now from The Crew. Oh, you know what could also be terrible? Is, oh, I got uh, the jar candy, too. I gave it away. <laughs> uh, I, I got nine screeners. But I never got a jar candy. Bullshit. Um, I never got the Hunger Games chocolate. I never get any of the good stuff. Uh, But uh, in the documentary race, I think a very well-crafted movie uh, that's a real crowd pleaser came from Sundance, uh, 20 Feet from Stardom, has a very real chance of beating out movies that uh, are better but also I think would be better for all of us if they won. Uh, namely, the square and the act of killing. Mm-hmm. Um, both of it, you know, you don't want to you don't want to give the vote away simply because it's sort of like politically relevant. Can do some social good to have a billion eyeballs uh, and ears. Um, you know, looking at people talking about what's happening or the history of Indonesia and what's happening currently in Egypt. But uh, they are both better movies, and I think there's a real uh, it could really get Oscared. <laughs> if twenty feet, from I kind of think win. that'll happen for sure. Ugh. I think twenty feet from Scarlet will win that award because. They're going to have their – it's going to be very nice. And they've been also heavily campaigning for that film. Yeah, they have. They're doing concerts. I mean it's a great movie. It's hard to like – you're right. Like it's hard to not like, – it's good. I mean 20 Dreamers are is a good movie. You can't do David, concerts so angry for the act of killing, Sunday. you know? You cannot do concerts for the act. <laughs> Darling Love is not in the act of killing. She will not be singing songs. Uh, I, I'm not angry that it came from – I'm just – while we're recording this episode and the first screening of Sundance just got out and it's like – literally my entire feed <laughs> tweeting the same like a variation with five different adjectives <laughs> about whiplash, whiplash. What are they about whiplash making oh me sad oh my god you know, it's just oh. like you guys nominate like the oscars like three people who can tweet about this movie and, <laughs> and let them have tweets that represent the general views uh and let that be that but uh or at least make an effort to be different anyway uh guys, that's another gonna... race that i'm looking at I'm going to wrap up our Oscars conversation okay. as much fun as this has been, just because I feel like, uh, you know, got to let the people think for themselves. But 
I'm glad that we've all found enough to be happy about. Sometimes it's very easy to spend all of Oscar day just being like, Jesus Christ, everything's two terrible. Two nominees for the Lone Ranger. Or, woo. Wait, two? <laughs> two. Yeah, got two. two. What was the second one? Oh, visual Best effects. Picture. Visual effects no. and hair and makeup. <laughs> that was actually, ne- if you want to laugh, that was my most outrageous snub. The most out, my most outrageous notes where I was actually angry were Thelma Shoemaker for best editing. Yeah. yeah, that was ridiculous. Sean Bobbitt for best cinematography, completely outrageous for yeah. Twelve Years a Slave, and hair and makeup for American Hustle because, as Tina Fey said, that is the explosion at the Wig Factory, and that should have been <laughs> a lockdown Oscar win, uh, and it wasn't even. Nominated. Well, the tragedy with Thelma Schumacher is that I think so many people, even in the film industry, look at a three-hour movie and yes. immediately dismiss the idea of having an editor and completely misunderstand what it is that an editor does. And uh, that's unfortunate because, you know, there are a lot of people who make films that, that may never have been in an editing room. <laughs> so Yeah. Eh, Thelma gets to be a badass no matter what. <laughs> also, I'm really angry about uh, Thomas Newman getting nominated for a score. That Saving Mr. Banks score is terrible. Yeah. Not only is it not great, it also is Mary Poppins. Like, he literally got nominated for just doing the Mary Poppins music. But, like, uh, it's like, that's what people probably thought. It was like, oh, this is great. I love this song. I love Let's Go Fly a Kite. <laughs> uh, what is cool is that I didn't especially love the score, but I still think it's cool that Owen Pallet of Owen Pallet, formerly known as Final Fantasy, uh, and who was an occasional member of Arcade Fire, was nominated for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen Pallet as an indie musician, as a solo musician, is is someone that I like a lot. And uh, I didn't know that Alexander Desplat did the score for Philomena because I didn't know that Philomena was a movie. So, <laughs> oh, that, that score's out. really great, too. But, but the Gravity score that... is terrible and actually detrimental to the movie. And uh, so I'm really hoping worst. that's not going to win. Why are but... you so wrong all the time? <laughs> <laughs> David, we're going to have a podcast episode that's just you watching Philomena, and we're going to have a live commentary. <laughs> you will hate that movie. <laughs> you, you really will hate that movie. It's because Steve Coogan, who is like the main driving creative force behind that movie, apparently, if all the besides Philomena, the woman, <laughs> who Oscar nominee is, uh, is, is the brain child of, uh, or, you know, half of the brain trust behind my most anticipated movie of the immediate future at least which is a trip to italy so yeah uh what are you gonna do star of hamlet 2 oscar nominated steve coogan speaking of sundance (laughs) that's a good ending for this podcast um that does it for this week's fighting in the war room thank you for bearing with us through some shortened but hopefully amusing episodes We'll be back next week, hopefully on a full schedule. Patches is at Sundance. He'll climb out of a snowbank to tell us what's up there. Um, in the meantime, tell the people who you are, starting with our guest, Chris Rosen. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris J. Rosen. And? Perfect. And the Huffington you, Post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ask if you work for any well-known web outlets. <laughs> it's Huffington Post Entertainment. You can find us there. Uh, I'm David Ehrlich. I am the editor of Film.com. You can find me on Twitter at David Ehrlich and at Film, D-O-T-C-O-M. And I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at Vanity Fairs Hollywood and on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-S-E-H. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. Of life. If he stays, then I'll wait for him in the
thousand pieces of light.